Yo, what's good? You're listening to Wasted Radio. This is the only place on the internet that you can hear vinyl spun directly out of my collection live on the show, but we're not going to do that today. I'm chilling out with my friend Nate from Pittsburgh. What's up, Nate? What's up, man? How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Nate's got a lot of picks for me today. Uh, since it's Easter weekend, I said I was going to do a double episode, so I have one in the books, and that's got all the Departed, Agitator, Face Wreck, Unreal City, Blood for Blood, all that kind of stuff that you're used to hearing on this show, but we're going to go down a little bit different of a road today. What are we getting into today, Nate? So yeah, I think for a lot of people out there, I have a different idea of what hardcore is, um, so we're starting off today with a band called 86 Mentality All from right. DC. Yeah, yeah. It's called Intro Life Trap. All right, let's get to it. Last 
All right, that was Spaz with WWF Rematch at the Cow Palace. You know the deal, how it is on this show. If you want to hear the rest of the record, you're going to go have to buy it. What came before that, Nate? Intro Life Trap by 86 Mentality. 86 Mentality. Tell me a little bit about where they're from. They're from D.C., uh, you know, early 2000s or mid-2000s hardcore. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, so, so what are we moving on to next? Next is My Rules by Void which right. is also from DC on Discord Records. Yeah. On the Faith Void split. Yeah, Faith Void? Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never listened to the Faith. What are they like? The Faith is, I mean, anyone who has this split probably bought it for the Void side. Because okay. I don't know anybody who is like, yeah, I want to listen to the Faith. The Faith. Yo, you want to come over and listen <laughs> to some The Faith? <laughs> no, everybody is like, I want the Void side. Yeah, of course. All right, so let's check it out. What's the song called? My Rules. All right, My Rules by Void. My rules, Nate. Where are they from? DC. DC. That's right. You got a lot of DC hardcore in your collection. <laughs> you like that old school disco? Or... I mean, East Coast, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. East Coast all day, of course. All right. So we're gonna move on then. Uh, the next one is the Repos. They're from Chicago. Chicago. Still kind of, you know, people would say Midwest. Yeah. You know, but we'll say East Coast because if you cut it in half, it's gonna end up on the East Side, right? Yeah. And I'm not. I don't remember the year they came out, but I know that they're newer too. Just like 86 mentality. Woo. All right. Let's check it out. So this is the, the what, the A side? Yeah, I don't, I think this is just a self-titled 7-inch. Cool. Bought it at Pleasant Dreams Records in Pittsburgh. Sick. Yeah. All right, man. Pleasant Dreams Records in Pittsburgh. Go check it out. This is The Repos with Haunted Peace.
All right, that was Philadelphia's own YDI with Mad at the World. And before that, we had the Repos with Haunted Peace. Tell me a little bit about YDI. YDI, dude, I could just listen to the Mad at the World over and over and over. And, th- and that was from what year? 1983. That's heavy as fuck for that year. Yeah. It really or, is. Or was, was, it might have been 82. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, still, considering like the, what that sounded like and what they were playing and, and what was popular in that era... You know, I wouldn't have expected something like that to come out for like five more years. Yeah. You know? And I mean, that song just makes you want to kill somebody almost. It definitely does. Let's go on to other songs that make you want to kill somebody. What do we have coming up next? I don't know if this makes me want to kill somebody, but I remember in high school that this was one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. And I just was reading Get in the Van a lot. And uh, I mean, I was prescribed Adderall to kind of a young age and just like (laughs) grinding my teeth all day and reading that book and going to school listening to this so this is damaged one off damaged by black flag all right let's move on damaged one uh this is and from the rollins years obviously see i say it makes you angry enough to freak out because look at the cover yeah you know see where i sit with black flag like i love damaged and i have i have the damaged cd i don't have it on uh vinyl but um, my favorite is My War. It's and great. I was going to bring My War. You almost brought it. And I was going to have you play something from side two, but all those songs are like seven minutes. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I loved Family Man. Yeah, Family Man, like, slip it in, yeah. in my head. Yeah, you like, can't go wrong with a lot of that I stuff. I love the weird side of Black Flag. Absolutely. Well, I mean, they were, so Black Flag was doing something that I think that a lot of bands at that time were just afraid to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they were just, they didn't care. And that's what's so great about it. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So, Damaged One, last track on the album. This is from uh, Damaged by Black Flag. Who put that out? SST, probably. SST. All right. There it is. Black Flag, Damaged One. My name's Henry. And you're here with me now. Thank you. 
Black flag, damaged one. I feel like that's a message that people nowadays can use. Like, yeah. It's my mind. Stay out. <laughs> like, that's something that, that used to be very punk rock that I just don't feel like is there anymore. Not at all. You know, it's weird just how everything has, everything has kind of gone into this same current. You know what I mean? And back then when those bands, I don't even know if that was like controversial at the time. Um, I mean, I know that they probably, I mean, if you like read about it, they weren't that accepted. Um, yeah, but I mean, now they're one of the most influential bands and maybe one that people now make fun of and are like, you know, that's not that cool. But I think for a lot of people at some point they were super into that band. So for them to knock it is like, yeah, you know, well, I think that, I think that that happens a lot with, uh, a lot of those older bands that were, that kind of got big. Um, and they were the really influential ones, your DRIs, your Misfits, Black Flag, my, uh, Minor Threat, Bad yeah. Brains. They almost became like hot topic bands, like in the early to mid 2000s. Right. You know, everything started kind of getting repressed and you started seeing the like it kind of took away the underground punk rock feel of it. You know what I mean? But you can't take that away from like what happened in their era and the music that they made. And like, you know, for sure. Yeah. All right. What do we got next? So next is a band that is keeping it real to go on. Uh, you know, just a little bit off of what you were saying there. Uh, these are two, well, four of my really good friends now. Um, Craig and uh, Sean. They play in this band called Mower. They're brothers. They started this two-piece band, and they've since become a four-piece. And so. This is a hardcore podcast, and I think there's an element of hardcore that can go a different direction 
where it's like pure rock and roll yeah. that just like annihilates you. And yeah. that's what this band is. Well, I mean, um, to go off of that real quick with what people call hardcore and you get like genre nerds that get like, yeah. really offended if you call something hardcore. Hardcore to me is like a mentality and a scene. So like I consider like Code Orange is hardcore. They don't sound hardcore. No. You know, they're like whatever, but they came up in and around that scene and in and around those people. And that to me is what is more hardcore than anything. Right. You know, so these guys have a little bit more of a rock and roll sound to them. For sure. Um, you know, a lot more guitar solos. Just when you hear it, it's just, it's brutal. It's one of the coolest sounds. And I think that, uh, you know, I like that they do something that's of its own. And they've been doing that for a long time. Yeah. So. And they're your homies. Yeah. So we want to wrap them. Yeah. Right? And um, what I'm going to play after this kind of leads into this conversation. But, uh, you know, Craig used to, before he started this band, he told me that he was like straight edge hardcore. Mm -hmm. um, didn't really play guitar yet and stuff. But, um, yeah, we'll save that conversation yeah. for after this track. All right, man. Definitely check it out. This is Mower with Numbing Agent.
right, that was Mower with Numbing Agent. Give me that jacket for a second here. This is so cool. This is, you said, the Japanese press? Yeah, this is a Japanese release um, artwork on Splattered Records. Splattered Records, and that's S-P-L-A-T-018. You want to go pick that up. You definitely want to go pick that up. I'm, I'm going to pick one up. This is really cool. We listened to the wrong song while we were recording this. And I'm glad we did because this is a band that I haven't checked out. We listened to a song called The Punisher, and that song is also sick. So definitely go out and get this album. Uh, tell me about uh, your homie. So what I was getting into there was one night I was hanging out with him and uh, my friend Scott. And my friend Scott and I are obsessed with the Misfits and Danzig. And Craig and his brother obviously more obsessed with like Motorhead and I don't, I've never outright talked to Craig about this, but I would say that maybe Danzig is not one of his favorite artists and the Misfits are not a band that he cares about. Okay. But we were talking about, um, I mean, I just remember like me and Scott were talking about it and his girlfriend's like, Danzig's a little bitch. And <laughs> like Craig was like, yeah, and that's why he got punched in the face. Yeah. And so um, it's kind of wild to me that, you know, the Misfits originally broke up in 83, and then 20 years later, one of the biggest things on the internet is him getting punched in the face oh, yeah. by the Northside Kings. Which, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and from what everything I read about it is that, um, I mean, in my opinion, there's you don't want to listen to anything by Danzig after 92, and 92 is like Danzig 3. Mm -hmm. And even that's questionable. Like, yeah. I'll... I'll listen to Danzig 1 and Danzig 2 all day. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the combination of John Christ and Erie Vaughn and Chuck Biscuits, which Chuck Biscuits used to play drums in Black Flag and DOA. Yeah. Um, Definitely has the underground influence in it. Yeah. And, and it started getting a little more produced. And that band is just like, you know, his. I like his voice, but that band is just so good to me. Yeah. Anyway, um what, Danzig, being what I heard instantly weird. <laughs> what I heard about it is that he was getting egged on by the Northside Kings. And, oh yeah, he was definitely getting heckled, and yeah. they purposely did it to like put their name out there—a publicity it, thing, a publicity thing. Because yeah. if you watch the video in the bottom left-hand corner or whatever, there's like a Northside Kings watermark. Yeah, and Craig was saying no. That's not what happened. Mm -hmm. They like they didn't care about that because he said like he had an in with somebody who knows more. And you said you'd interviewed that guy. Yeah, I did. This was um, oh my, back in probably 2013, I think it was. And I was doing this blog. I found it by the way. Actually, I didn't find it, but I found like flyers that I had made that I was handing out at shows to go and check out my blog, which is like so nerdy. Like they had a flyer. I had a flyer with like a QR code on it. It's like who fucking in 2013, who now uses QR codes? But anyway, um, so I interviewed the guy cause he wrote a book called don't ever punch a rock star. And I knew who, uh, Northside Kings were. Um, and I knew, Man, how did I get a hold of him? I think it was probably just through email. And he sent me a book and he called me up and was like, you know, let's talk about this. And I just kind of did a back and forth interview and then I typed it all up and put it on the blog. But what I learned um, now, this is just from talking to him. So, you know, I don't think that it was done intentionally, 
but it may have been. You yeah. know what I mean? Like looking back on it, like maybe they did do that intentionally. I mean, that's a hell of a thing to do, especially uh, taking a legal risk like that. Someone like Danzig, like you don't know if you're gonna get sued or you know get a curse put on you or some shit, which is what he thought <laughs> happened because he wrote the whole book and you you got to read the book. Um, but it's all about like just weird stuff that happened. Like first he started getting, and and he he told me like he got hate mail. Um, but it wasn't just like normal hate mail. It was like an onslaught of hate mail just from like Danzig cult fans. They were like, like, bro, you're going to fucking die. We're (laughs) coming for you, you know? And, uh, and then he, I I guess he started getting real sick and shit like that. Just like bad luck, like bad things just started happening all around him. And he told me that he had done a lot of reading into like curses and black magic and shit, because like what happens is you become paranoid. You know what I mean? And you kind of suspend your disbelief because you're in this. And you're thinking, like, what is going on around me right now? You know, I'm willing to accept any answer. I think you kind of, you part with logic temporarily to to justify some weird stuff that's going on. So um, he, I believe that he did reach back out, trying to reach, tried to reach out to Danzig, but was unsuccessful. But um, all in all, I don't I don't know if that was what ended up being the demise of his band. Um, I think that they got a huge bump from it. Obviously, I mean, that video went viral. Right. Everybody in metal and punk and hardcore was talking about Danzig getting knocked out. And uh, a lot of people that I saw were like, good, I fucking hate Danzig. You know, I don't have any personal problem with Danzig. I I think he's I think he's a freak of nature that belongs in in metal and hardcore. Yeah. And I think he comes off a certain way like the thing the simplest way that you can probably put it is that he does not like to explain his lyrics or like he wants you to infer what it's about yeah yeah take it for what for you know what what you get out of it kind of like with twin peaks uh like david lynch um you know he didn't want to reveal who the killer was yeah. in that show mm-hmm. and the network made him do it and then as soon as he did it he was like okay now this sucks now everybody knows what the goose is like, dude the other night on the other show that I'm doing I was just talking about um uh do you ever see this movie the prestige no with uh it's a Christopher Nolan movie, but it's got um, the guy that played Batman. I'm not great with actors in yeah. Hollywood and oh, shit. American Psycho guy. Yeah, yeah. I always okay. forget his name too. Christian Bale. Yes. Okay. So, and he's explaining like the different parts of a magic trick, and he gets to the third part of the magic trick is the prestige, and how if you reveal the secret, it takes away all of your power, and that's like the the power that you have over the art is the secret that's in it, and as soon as you figure it out it becomes less interesting. Yeah. You know? So that, I, I mean, going back to Twin Peaks, that's exactly, that's exactly it. You don't really want to know. Like, you want to know. Yeah. But once you know, it takes away so much from it. And I kind of, I could see that from Danzig's perspective. I mean, as an artist, yeah, he comes off as pretentious and he comes off as like hard to deal with or hard to get along with. But, you know, when you write stuff, you don't necessarily always want to have to provide an explanation for it. Exactly. You know? Maybe it's okay for people to just you know, take it for what it's worth. Exactly. Yeah. So you're so, a huge Danzig I'm fan. I'm a huge Danzig fan, <laughs> and I've been a huge Misfits fan for as long as I can remember. And In fact, that's probably what started me into this whole, like, what got me into it. Um, yeah, Misfits and Hatebreed pushed me down the road. But the first thing that I heard from the Misfits was uh, sixth grade. 
actually my friend's CD rack. I talked about this on another one of the Wasted Radio episodes, but he had um, Satisfaction is the Death of Desire by Haybreed. And it was like, I listened to it and I was like, what is this? But then he also had uh, Famous Monsters. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was a sick album. I mean, everybody knows Famous Monsters. Right. You know, but we're going way before Famous Monsters. We're going way before Famous Monsters. This is their last LP. And I chose this one just because it's probably the most aggressive. Mm-hmm. At this point, Danzig didn't care. Uh, you know, if you read about how the process of this, Danzig was sleeping during the day while the band was recording and he was doing vocals at night and then Danzig recorded or, you know, produced and mixed. Sure. While, uh, you know, everyone else was sleeping. And he disbanded the band quickly after this, but uh, this is Green Hell by Misfits on Earth AD. All right, and uh, so we're going to listen to this track, and then we're going to hit you with a handful of other tracks. we got lots of music today. Like I said, it's a double episode for the Easter weekend, so... We are going to uh, hit you with Misfits. We got Total Abuse coming up, Poison Idea, Slices, Drug Lust, Heartless. Just stay tuned. We'll, uh, we'll read everything back to you after we play them, but just enjoy some music for a little bit. This is Misfits with Green Hell. Yeah. 
All right, that was in this order: misfits, total abuse, poison idea, and slices. And in the info for the show, I'm going to put every single one of these songs on there. We're going to move on to a Pittsburgh band. This is Drug Lust with Dusted.
All right, that was Concrete by Heartless. And before that, we had uh, Drug Lust with Dusted. Yeah, this is a little bit of a Pittsburgh section. Uh, so Heartless are, you know, the singer is one of my good friends, probably one of the coolest guys ever. His name's Corey Smith, biggest sweetheart. Uh, the drummer of this band is Tom Moran, and uh, the bass player was Adam Thomas. And if you mm. hear the name Adam yep. Thomas, I can even see it in your face right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, you know, if you don't get excited about that when you're in the punk and hardcore, like yeah, definitely. something's wrong. He's a good dude. I don't know if he would remember me because it's been so long, but um I booked Static Transistor back when I was a teenager. Yeah. And uh I can't remember who else played the show, but there was a band from out of town and I couldn't pay them and I felt terrible. And I gave him like uh, I gave their band, I think I gave them like 20 bucks out of my pocket or something like that. And Adam gave it back to me and was like, dude, like go buy yourself dinner or something like you set the show up. And that's, I was like, yeah, but you drove from Johnstown. That's so and, Adam. Yeah, I mean, he was he was legit. And I met him a few other times, too. And we seen them, you know, like with Endless Mike. And I think I saw them again I with Black Mask, maybe. Okay. Um, I can't remember because there were so many of those shows where there were like Johnstown bands on it. Yeah. And so Corey and Tom now have a band called Ratnip. Okay. That Corey stands, uh, sings for. I wish I had their record. I think they just put out a seven inch, but I didn't have a chance to get it. Um, Ratnip, but, look it up. Yeah. Ratnip, they fucking rule. But Adam plays guitar for a band now called Heavy Discipline, and Tom also plays drums in that. Okay. And this is another Pittsburgh hardcore band. Uh, this song is called Bootstraps.
That was The Germs with American Leather. Before that, we had Heavy Discipline with Bootstraps. Yeah. Um, so The Germs, I think, were probably like the first hardcore punk band. Like I think they um, invented that genre. And like something that supports that is just that um, like Darby Crash like kind of suppressed his um, gay feelings towards men. And one of his things was that he wanted to be in a room full of boys with their shirts off running around. Okay. So bold. I mean, like, you know, what's a mosh pit for the most part? I mean, women can be a part of it too now, which is cool. But I think back then that wasn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, so that can, we can actually talk about the evolution of the mosh pit. You don't see so much in certain this is what we were talking about earlier man with with how hardcore is so different from scene to scene but it's so small yeah and a lot of the a lot of the shows that I'll find myself at you know you have the the karate mosh pits and you don't really see the the shirtless circle you know running in the circle and everything but uh, at the more punk hardcore shows you know, um, I don't know. I haven't been to one of those in quite a while. I mean, of course, we're coming out of 2020, so nobody's been anywhere. Yeah, something that you might not have heard of, um, back to Drug Lust, who we played earlier, they're now a fireworks band. Like, if you go to their shows, you better show up with some quarter sticks of dynamite and, like, M80s. No shit. And start That's chucking. what it's all about. <laughs> That's what they want. You know, uh, I went to a show called Fireworks Fest one time, Yeah. and I was moshing, and someone, like... They, people were throwing like scribs and shit like Roman candles and stuff in the mosh pit. And I was just instantly like, well, that's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, it sounds really hardcore in theory, but I don't want to get burnt or blown up or anything like that. So next, um, I'm going to play two songs. Now, our friend John booked this band on June 6, 2006. If you remember this show, it broke out in a food fight. Six, six, six. Yeah, dude, dude, going around with the the water gun full of red Kool Aid and <laughs> fucking vinegar and yeah. ketchup. Yeah, and it just smelled awful. Oh yeah. And I remember seeing someone get like a gallon of milk dumped on them, and people were throwing like tampons and condoms and wet yeah, cat food. Yeah, and, it was disgusting. And Patty, who ran the Lions Den, was just like, "I don't care." Like. Go ahead, do what you want, and you she get, hosed it out. Six, six, six show. Yeah, and she hosed it out the door afterward. Yeah. Um, so who else played that show before we play this? Because um, I don't remember. I remember being there, and I remember ANS playing. I remember Bambi's Bullet was supposed or did play. Uh, Concrete Facelift was supposed to play, but they had to drop. And um, I was actually talking or. I was actually recently in a band with the guitar player of that band, and he told me the reason that they dropped is because they accidentally dropped the keys to their van in the sewer, like as Fun. they were trying to leave. Right. <laughs> so that's why they didn't make the show. Um, I don't remember who else played that show, but then they came back and played another show with this band called Seasick from New Jersey. Yeah. And. The guitar player is one of my favorite guitar players. His name's Mark Bronzino, mm -hmm. and he uh, w went on to play guitar in Iron Regan. And um, I, I don't, I've never listened to Ghost Main, but apparently he did some guitar work for him. I have. Yeah. Not my thing. Yeah, not my yeah, thing either. Not my thing. 
go for it. Yeah. You know, reach the stars. But like, hit it up. I, I, he's a great guitar player. Yeah. So I think that they were just like, yo, we want you to do this. And I think he, you know, got to pay, get paid to play guitar. That's which, cool. Who doesn't want to get to, oh, paid to do yeah. that? You hell know? Yeah. Well, Iron Reagan was sick. Yeah. I mean, no, nothing. And, and I don't have anything bad to say about Ghost Main. Um, I've, I've heard a couple songs. It's just not my thing. But uh, more power to you. I mean, if you're going to get a job playing in the studio or touring with a live band or whatever, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. All right. So we talked about ANS and we talked about Seasick. ANS uh, is coming up next with Somewhere Inside. And then after that, we're going to hit it with uh, Seasick with Fail Iterate. So uh, coming up next, here it is, ANS, Somewhere Inside.
right? That was Seasick with Fail, Iterate, Nate says that's probably the only uh, record that you have with a breakdown on yeah, it. That's the only breakdown <laughs> I'm going to play. That's awesome. So another thing with Seasick is that lyrically they are probably one of my favorite hardcore bands just because they use words that, um, you know, I'm too dumb to know what they mean without looking up the definition. Yeah, like, and, and we were reading the lyrics <laughs> as it was playing, and I mean, they, these guys, there's a smart guy behind that microphone. Yeah, I believe sure. he is now a doctor, which also the singer of ANS is now a doctor and a botanist, um, which that was like their weird black flag side. But anyway, you and I have been friends for a long time. and Man, how long have we been friends for? It's been a it's been a long time, Nate. It, two thousand six, two yeah yeah two thousand five two thousand six in there. So I mean, we've known each other for going on twenty years. Yeah, you know. I remember like when you had a band that practiced at Brian Runk's house at his grandma's house, like in the basement. Yeah, Bullet uh, Heart. Yeah, you and I were talking, and um, you were one of my first friends that played music that like thought it was cool that I was also into kiss. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's not a band like now it's accepted, I think, but you're allowed to like kiss now. Yeah. But like a lot of people you hear that you, they hear that name and they're like, Oh my God, I hate kiss. Oh man. Come on. The morons, you know, you, Dude, have you seen my Kiss collection? No, <laughs> but everyone—that's—they're a merchandise Dude. band. Everyone needs one. Yeah. No, I mean, um, I've got—I've got all the originals on uh, all the all the original LPs. The first six. Yeah, I've so got good. all those. Yeah, and then I've got some going into the '80s. I've got, um, you know, just—I've got a whole pile. I've got a whole Kiss section. If I wasn't so sure that Gene Simmons would come for my ass, <laughs> I would just do a Kiss show and Hell talk yeah. about different Kiss tracks. You know, he can't be coming around. He can't be living for too much longer here. Maybe no. we'll see a Kiss show in the future. I just saw that he was selling Kiss coffins that are also beer coolers. Dude, oh yeah. Well, that's old. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you see the? Uh, oh man, no. There was something else that he was doing. Um, uh, the Kiss safe. I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> like it was like a whole safe that was like full of like unreleased Kiss stuff. Um, <laughs> and just like, I know, dude, I know, I know. It's ridiculous, but you want it. Yeah. Um, no, I have I have some ridiculous Kiss stuff. Like I used to have a Kiss cardboard cutout in here. But at the end of the day, man, it just takes up too much space. Yeah. Like I Like you've seen like pictures of people's Kiss rooms. You know, it, it just comes too much, yeah. too much. Kid. I, I've got stuff up, boxed up in the attic. Kiss like statuettes and kiss busts and kiss this, kiss that, kiss VHSs. Yeah, Detroit Rock City, one of the best movies ever. Dead Sled Coffee that uh, did um, Wisdom and Chains Coffee just did a, a kiss coffee. And I was like messaging them the other day, like, "Congrats on that, dude! That's huge." What's it called? Kiss Coffee. No, I don't know. I don't know. It's not named after yeah. like a track. I mean, I think like coffee starts with a K. Yeah. There's so many Kiss songs that you could probably do a coffee pun with. So I don't know if this is one of your favorite 
Kiss songs. Yeah. But this is one of my favorite Kiss songs. Okay. It's called Hard Luck Woman. It's, I, dude, I play this for my wife. Fuck yeah. Yes, I sing. I, I do. I'm, that's, we're an hour in to this show. So I'm banking on the fact that nobody's listening to this part. <laughs> I do. I have totally sang that song for Laura. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I can, can you play it? Uh, like on guitar? Yeah. No, because I don't have a 12 string and I think you need a 12 well, string. I mean, I use the nylon string. I don't have a 12 string either. Getting too fancy for me. I thought you were the punk rock. <laughs> you need the, you I, need the 12 string to play Hard Luck Woman. Sorry. No, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm precise when I like to play my shit. You yeah. Know? If, you, if you're going to lull a girl into a state of pure love by playing Hard Luck I don't luck think woman. Hard Luck Woman's going to do no, it. No, you don't that's think sick so. that Laura's into that. Yeah, <laughs> man. I yeah, I, I think there's probably a bit more laughing going on directed towards <laughs> me than anything. All right, all right. So, listen, we're going to close the show out. It's really awesome sitting it's down awesome with you, man. You too. I, I haven't seen, uh, real quick, if anybody else is still listening to this, uh, Nate is a great friend of mine. Uh, the last time I saw him was eight years ago. We had a chat about this. I had to think about it, and it, it was. It was eight years ago. It was the night before my son was born. He came over to my house and helped me clean fucking everything. <laughs> we, we cleaned the house up and down to make sure that there was nothing that my wife had to worry about uh, when she came home from the hospital. Nate, you're a good dude. I really appreciate you coming in. Hell yeah. He came in from Pittsburgh today to do this, and uh, this is the Easter double episode. Never I met you I never have seen you cry If not for a first hello we never have to say goodbye If never I held you My feelings would never show It's time I start walking but there's so much you'll never know Telling you hard luck woman You ain't a hard luck woman Red Sailor's only daughter A child of the water Too proud to be a queen Red I really love you, I can't Child of